Welcome, I'm Doug Morgan, and you're listening to Uncommon Sense, where we hunt for the truth in the topics you're not supposed to talk about, Christianity and politics. What is one of the main things that people throughout history have craved? It is not the desire to do good in this world. It is not the idea that we should give peace a chance. (laughs) It is not the desire to see one's people happy and successful. It is power that has motivated more leaders than most anything else. And you may say, well, it's, it's money that people strive after. And I would say to that, money is power. Those that have money usually are able to to have power. All you have to do to see an example of this is is look at any group of people. It can be a, it can be a church or an interest group, a, a small group or a, or a large one. It, it doesn't really matter. Take take a moment and think of a group of people that you have been in or currently are part of. It can be a church. It can be a board of some sort. It can be, like I said, an interest group or a knitting club. Uh, It can even be an old car enthusiast group, whatever it is. Think about that group of people now. Take that group, whatever, whatever you've selected, and think if there is some sort of politics that is going on within the group. Is there a leader? Is there someone that thinks they should be a leader? <laughs> are, are, are there employees that think they know more than the boss does? My wife was, was just kicked out of a group on Facebook. <laughs> yeah. Uh, and and the, the group was for Christian moms. <laughs> kind of weird, right? Well, this group was a discussion group for, you know, many topics related to Christianity and, and motherhood. The problem was that every time there was a discussion that did not go the way that the host really wanted it to go, or maybe brought there were some things that were brought up that she didn't really agree with, she would put her two cents in and then shut down public comments. <laughs> Obviously, my wife did not agree with the host enough times that she was eventually kicked out of the group. Now, this was the, the host herself asserting her power over the rest of the group and and what the group saw and read. Now, when you look at the modern day West, particularly America, you see many that look at ease of life as highly important. And, and we tend to forget that most people, they just don't think like we do. They strive for influence and power above all things. This is one of the reasons that we have such a hard time understanding how a tyrannical leader has no remorse about killing millions of his own people even. We have a hard time understanding how a dictator can hoard the resources of his country for himself and and let thousands of people die of starvation. Then, when the, when the Western countries try to provide aid 
the same dictator can seize those same relief supplies and not let them get to those that, that need them the most. This is, is done out of a motivation of power. Both the, the, the taking of it and the keeping of it once it's taken. Now, this is why we see countries like China that can, on one hand, shut down churches all across the country, and on the other hand, also promote the genocide of its own people. As Ben Shapiro puts it, if you don't understand the motivation of the bad guys, you will not understand how to stop them. The West seems to be under the the grave miss. Uh, impression that since the the end of the Cold War, that everyone wants the same thing that the West does. So we make deals with Iran, and and we make deals with the Taliban. We make deals with the Chinese, and and we make deals with, with the Russians. And then we're surprised when none of those deals are adhered to. We spend all of our time blowing out the, the welfare state, destroying our, our own energy independence on, on behalf of, of Swedish teens who lecture us about how, how terrible we are for wanting a, a functioning, uh, orderly economy. What we are seeing now is a, a um, continuation of what we have been seen in in the last few years. In 2020, China invaded Hong Kong. In 1997, it turned over control of Hong Kong to the Chinese for for the promise that they would uh, allow full autonomy in Hong Kong. And then in 2020, China just rolled into Hong Kong. And guess what? Nobody did a single thing to stop them. There were, there were no sanctions of, of any serious consequence. There wasn't any world reaction. There was nothing. And then in 2021, just last year, the Biden administration decided to turn over control of Afghanistan to who? The Taliban of all people. And for and and for no reason at all. I mean, they were they were just going to turn over a country that we had guaranteed security to. Remember, we we had worked with those people. They they worked with us. They had sacrificed tens of thousands of lives in a battle with the Taliban. Then we completely undercut them and left them to starvation. That was 2021. And just a few months later, not even a year later, Vladimir Putin, Putin has, has launched a full-scale in, invasion of the Ukraine. And again, the Ukrainians were effectively guaranteed security by the West in exchange for turning over their nuclear weapons. That had been, of course, a deal that the Ukrainians had made all the way back in 1994. At the time, there was a, a widespread debate to what the Ukrainians should do with their leftover nuclear weapons from the Cold War. There, there was about hmm, about 5,000 nuclear weapons left over from the Cold War in Ukraine, and many thought that they would, they would stay there as a deterrent 
to Russia ever invading Ukraine. Instead, the United States and Russia, of course, encouraged Ukraine to give up their nuclear weapons. And guess what? Ukraine did. At the time, Ukraine demanded that when they gave up these weapons, they would have you know an ironclad security guarantee. In 1994, there was uh, a thing called the, the Budapest, Budapest Memorandum, which was signed by Russia, it was signed by Ukraine, Britain, and, and the U.S. And it was promising that, n- that none would use force or threats against Ukraine and would respect its sovereignty and its borders. That agreement also guaranteed that if aggression took place, that all the countries involved in, in this agreement would immediately seek action from the UN Security Council to, to aid Ukraine. Now, just just a side note here. I mean, this was a ridiculous agreement since the UN Security Council is, is just simply completely a joke, number one, and Russia sits on that council, so, so it's not going to do anything. But by 1996, all the nuclear weapons were gone, and now Ukraine, guess what, is being invaded by Russia. And the West is basically doing nothing. We have issued a series of, of toothless sanctions. Russia made a, a promise and, and broke the promise, and, and they don't care because they don't think the same way as we do. So the idea that we are going to levy sanctions on them and they're going to stop doing what they're doing is, is just foolishness. I mean, you, you have to understand why they are doing what they're doing to stop them. And if you are an American ally right now, why wouldn't you not seek to, to create your own nuclear weapons? I mean, you, you've seen what America and the West is doing and has done, they, they make promises and then they, they just retreat on those promises. They don't fulfill them in any serious way. That Why why do you think Finland right now is, is, is seeking to be a part of NATO? So, so all of this is a prelude to what is coming next. And that is an invasion of Taiwan. And you it may raise an eyebrow to you, I don't know. But that is most likely the next shoe to drop here. Whether it comes this year or it comes next year, we're, we're, we're talking months or maybe just a few years down the road when China invades Taiwan. This is because the stage has been set. 2020, China invades Hong Kong. 2021, we hand over Afghanistan to the Taliban. 2022, Ukraine falls to Russia. Because the West is not going to intervene. The West has made it clear that they're not going to intervene. This is because we have put ourselves in a position to not be able to do anything meaningful. We have spent years, years, dismantling our energy grid. We have done so because of a few environmental wackos. We have taken out every clean energy resources um, that, that is out there, like like hydroelectric, hydroelectric dams, for instance. Even if you believe that we as humans are killing Mother Earth with our man-made CO2, hydroelectric dams produce no CO2. 
we have spent years dismantling our nuclear power plants. Again, there is no CO2 produced in the creation of energy through nuclear power. It is one of the cleanest and safest forms of energy creation, but is opposed by a select noisy few. And so we have not only stopped all building of nuclear plants, but decommissioned others even before their time. Speaking of, of this decommissioning plants before their time, here on the Uncommon Sense podcast, we have chronicled the dismantling of coal plants that that are that are being done years before they have they have aged to do so. Plants that the taxpayer dollars paid to build, and they have 15, 20, 25 years of life left in them, but we are shutting them down. And for what reason? We we are placing uh, we are replacing the power in the in the power grid with what uh, with wind power? No, that can only be a fraction of what is needed, and it can't be stored or controlled as to when it's produced. How about wave energy? No, environmentalists have opposed them at every turn. Okay, how about solar panels? No, solar technology is far too expensive and the equipment's lifespan is way too short to be effective. So how about fracking and oil production? Absolutely not. The very first thing that Joe Biden did as president of the United States was to dismantle plans for the Keystone XL pipeline. Not only that, but he restricted fracking and if and if that is not enough, he signed off on the Nord Stream 2 oil pipeline for Russia, which is which was basically the same thing. And that was to produce the same thing as Keystone, and that was to produce and sell more oil to the world. This effectively took us from an energy exporter to an energy independent nation uh, that that we were to an energy dependent nation and an importer of oil. We can't put any meaningful sanctions on Russia. We'll kill our own economy if we do. The White House has already said that they are not going to cut off Russia oil, Russian oil or or natural gas. But let's just say that we do. Let's let's put things all of that aside and let let's just say that we do that. Putin knows that it's just a temporary thing. We, we don't have any alternatives at this point. We, we've decided that windmills would be our energy strategy. <laughs> we've decided that buying oil from, from others was a great idea. We currently, get this, we currently buy almost 600,000 barrels of oil per day from Russia. That's we currently oh, it we currently buy almost 600,000 barrels of oil a day from Russia. The Keystone XL pipeline would have produced almost 840,000 barrels per day. But no, we can't do that. All the White House could do was put out a tweet when when we saw Russia go into Ukraine. And the and the tweet ended with 
Hashtag United for Ukraine. <laughs> Jen Psaki said that the White House sanctions were working. Really? Really? I would hate to see what the, the sanctions w- would be doing if they weren't working. <laughs> our, our illustrious Vice President Kamala Harris was asked if sanctions would deter Russia from in- invading Ukraine. This was just a couple days ago. And she said, absolutely. <laughs> nope. Wrong again. <laughs> we, we could put sanctions on, on all Russian banks, let's say. You know, making it impossible for them to do business with the world. Are we going to do that? Nope. We could we could put sanctions on Vladimir Putin personally. I mean, he is worth about two hundred billion dollars personally. But are we going to do that? Nope. We are so weak right now. We don't have leaders that have any kind of backbone, and Russia knows it. And China is watching and learning. China, yes, is watching and learning. China is not just sitting back and not doing anything here. They are supporting Russia, even if it is doing so pretty silently or going so far as to not really using the word invasion. (laughs) They've said, we we don't want to really use the word invasion. (laughs) But what they're doing is is setting up their own, well, we won't use the word invasion. From Reuters, it says, China says Taiwan is not Ukraine as island raises alert level. It says Taiwan is, quote, not Ukraine, unquote, and has always been an inalienable part of China. China's foreign ministry said on Wednesday, as Taiwan President Tsai Ingzwar uh, called for the island to beef up vigilance on military activities in the response to the crisis. The comments came from British Prime Minister Boris Johnson, flagged uh, the the risk for Taiwan in a warning last week about damaging worldwide consequences if Western nations failed to fulfill their promises to support Ukraine's independence. China which claims Taiwan as its own territory. Of course, that's what Russia did to Ukraine as well. Said, well, this really is part of Russia. Has stepped up military activity near the self-governing island over the past two years. Though Taiwan has reported no recent unusual um, maneuvers by Chinese forces as tensions over Ukraine has spiked, they they, uh, report. Uh, speaking in Beijing, Foreign Ministry spokesperson Hua Chongying uh, dis- dismissed any link between the issues of Ukraine and Taiwan. The issue of Taiwan is one left over from the Civil War, but China's integrity could never have been compromised and never has been compromised, Hua added. The defeated Republic of, of China government fled to Taiwan in 1949. That's how everything got started there. And after losing the Civil War to the communists, uh, they, they set up the People's Republic of China. Uh, Ty- Taiwan's government strongly opposes China's ter- ter- territorial claims 
And Tsai says Taiwan is an independent state called the Republic of China, which remains Taiwan's official name. All security and military units, quote, must raise their surveillance and early warning of military developments around Taiwan Straits, unquote. Tsai told a meeting of the working group on the Ukraine's crisis set up by her National Security Council. So let, let's say that we cut Russia off of our own technology. Well, they will just go to China and China will invade Taiwan. And why? Because 95% of all semiconductor technology is in Taiwan. The rest is in South Korea. Both countries are threatened by communist China. The Daily Wire reported that Taiwan scrambled its air force Thursday after reporting Chinese aircraft in its airspace. The, the reported move by China comes as Russia launched a full-scale invasion of the former Soviet state of Ukraine over the warnings of several uh, um, sanctions by the U.S. and Western states. The pro, uh, provocative military action, as what it was called, as one of the defense officials called it, of course, comes as concerns grow that China may invade Taiwan. The report moved uh, by China is not unusual, a U.S. defense official told Fox News on Thursday. China has done this in the past, a, a couple months ago, and had similar type of events regularly. <laughs> China's last excursion into Taiwanese airspace happened on January 23rd, so this year, when 39 Chinese aircraft flew through Taiwanese defense space. On Thursday, Taiwan reported that nine Chinese aircraft flew into the island's national airspace. The U.S. remains, quote, concerned, unquote, by the provocative military action near Taiwan. The U.S. official continued by saying the U.S., the United States, will continue to support a peaceful resolution of cross-strait issues. <laughs> Sounds like a bureaucrat, doesn't it? Uh, and, and, and we will... Uh, may, we will continue to support that consistent with the wishes and best interests of the people of Taiwan, the official said. On Tuesday, a Chinese media figure wrote a blog advising Chinese journalists on how to cover the Russia-Ukraine conflict. This is interesting. Noting a def defense to Russia and hinting at China following Russia's advance on Ukraine with its own push towards Taiwan. And this was reported in the Washington Post. They said, simply put, China has to back Russia up with emotional and moral support while refraining from tr treading on the toes of the United States and the European Union. Ming Jingwei, a popular commentator and senior editor at Xinhua News Agency wrote Tuesday in his WeChat blog, it, it doesn't hurt to be moderately pro-Russian in words, he added, because in the long run, Beijing is trying to get Russia to support them on Taiwan. In the future, China will also need Russia's understanding and support when wrestling with America 
to solve the Taiwan issue once and for all, he wrote. Russia launched a full-scale invasion, as we know, against Ukraine on on Thursday, uh, beginning with the airstrikes and rocket attacks on military installations and cities across Ukraine. Russia followed up the bruising with ground forces uh, and and with some uh, closing in on Ukrainian uh, capital of Kiev. Now, in a speech early Thursday, Putin warned against outside nations interfering in the Russian-Ukraine conflict with what appeared to be a veiled threat of nuclear war. Quote, whoever would try to stop us and further create threats to our country, to our people, we know that Russia's response will be immediate and lead you to such consequences that you have never faced in your history. We are ready for any outcome, Putin said. Now, he remarked that Russia remains one of the most powerful nuclear states with a certain advantage in several cutting-edge weapons, he said. He said that there should be no doubt that any potential aggressor will face defeat and ominous consequences should be directly at, at um, should should it directly attack our country? So, we as a nation put in our hands uh, the, we we put our heads in the sand. We we fail to understand that American exceptionalism is really something. American exceptionalism is the belief that our morals and values as a nation is inherently superior, that we are guided by something greater than ourselves. The, the power and control is, is not everything in life. We, we include others in our decision-making process. We, we base our society on the Bible as our moral code, and we try to spread this, this concept of freedom and values across the world. But we don't look at ourselves. We we don't look at ourselves the way that 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 we need to with this exceptionalism. We we don't look at at the world as a difficult place. We don't look at the world as a place that doesn't see things the way that we see things. Many Americans have never traveled outside of their state, let alone the country. So when, when President Obama says that there's nothing special about America or Americans, we believe him. When Biden says that we need to be more like the rest of the world, well, we, we think that, that, that we may be inferior to them. So what do we do? Well, we, we blow out the national debt by $30 trillion. We pro- prioritize wokeness in our military instead of competence. We make our number one concern, the masking of toddlers or something. I mean, we, we fail to understand that America is the glue that holds the, the global economy together. Without America, things just simply deteriorate and, and life becomes infinitely harder for everyone. Now, this, this is biblical. If you read Matthew 24, 3 starts out by saying this, says, as he sat on the Mount of Olives, the disciples came to him privately saying, tell us when will these things be? And, and what will be the sign of your coming and the end 
of the age. And Jesus answered them, See that no one leads you astray. For many will come in my name, saying, I am the Christ, and they will lead many astray. And you will hear wars and rumors of wars. See that you dare not alarmed. For this must take place by the end is not yet. For nations will rise against nations and kingdom against kingdom. And there will be famines and earthquakes in various places. All these are but the beginning of birth pains. Now, as Americans, we have been fat, dumb, and happy for a long time. And we're starting to see the repercussions of weak, ignorant leaders and a narcissistic society that does not understand the reality of the world. We don't understand that we are closing in on, as the disciples put it, the end of the age. We are seeing things happen right in front of our very eyes that show us that you know the, the, we're getting closer and closer to that time. And part of what needs to happen is that the United States, that glue that holds things together, that promotes the freedom and the values that are biblical, is is being lessened and lessened all the time. And 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 we're going to see more of this type of thing happen that we see in the Ukraine right now. I, I would say, please pray for them. Pray for the people there. There's some very disturbing things that are happening and, and people are, are, are dying right and left. Let's pray for them. And, and, and you, may, you may agree with me on all this. You may disagree with me on all this, but I would definitely love to hear from you on it. And you can always do that at uncommonsensepodcast.com. Thank you very much for listening. This podcast is a production of Morganite Communications.